Welcome to everyone's favorite podcast, It's Reclaimed Audio, with your hosts, Phil Pinsky, Bill Lutz, and Tim Sway. Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of Reclaimed Audio. This is episode 258 for October 21st, 2020. As always, Reclaimed Audio is brought to you by Klingspore's Woodworking Shop. This week, we're talking about the extravaganza. Bill, tell them a little bit about the extravaganza. Oh, I wasn't prepared, but I'll do what I can. That's a lie. Well, so... If you go to woodworkingextravaganza.com, I mean, just one word, woodworkingextravaganza.com, you can find all the details that you need. Woodworkingextravaganza.com. Now, this is going to take place between the 23rd and the 31st of October. Do you know they're going to have like 20 plus vendors there that you can save money from these vendors? They're going to have sales and prizes and giveaways and door dashes and everything. Now, it's a virtual Woodworking Extravaganza at woodworkingextravaganza.com. It's virtual because, look, Klingspore cares about all of us, and that's why instead of doing it live like they've done in the past, they're saying, no, we're going to take care of people. We're going to keep people safe. We're going to do a virtual Woodworking Extravaganza, and you can find that information at woodworkingextravaganza.com. However, the sales and the giveaways that they do have are going to be amazing. You can save 10, 15, 20, 30%. Depends upon what you want to buy. There's other demos going on, live videos. We might even have videos on this thing. I don't know. It could happen. Crazier things have happened, right? I think. Crazy anyway, things have so, happened. Yes, yes, crazy things have happened. Things I do believe happened. that we will be doing some sort of thing for this because out of the generousness of our hearts, Reclaimed Audio Podcast cares, like Clingspore, about everybody listening. So check it out. Go to the website. Look at all the different deals they got going. But here's the most special one. Here's the one that we got to talk about. Here's the one I want to say. People. Go to this woodworkingextravaganza.com. Check out the details on the $2,000 gift card giveaway. Now, this isn't official with Clink Spores, but I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do right now. You know about the coupon codes, right? You use coupon code UTILIZE, and I'm going to give you the opportunity to give me 10, no, 20% of whatever you win at this this giveaway. It's a serious deal. $2,000 gift card giveaway. And if you use Utilize, you can give me 20% of it. No, no, no. You, Don't you, think Well, you me. realize that as a, technically you're an employee of, of Clinksport Woodworking Shops, you're not eligible for the contest, and that would make it void. If you were involved in the winning ticket, you wouldn't. You can't win, is what I'm saying. You can't win. Oh. So could, officially though. that's not. Okay, so DM me. Yeah. Phil's his own man. And, he doesn't work for anybody. But you're yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're the, you're the yeah. shill over no, here, so. Right. I don't hey, even talk everybody, about it. <laughs> every, everybody, go check it out, though. Woodworkingextravaganza.com. They're trying to do their very best to, to make a fun event. They do it every year. Uh, they're, they're making up. There's a lot of demos. You can actually go into their stores, different locations. They're still doing some live demos and giveaways and stuff. Uh, door what prizes, whatnot. Check it out. Just, just check out the deets. It's going to be an amazing thing, and we're going to do our best to be involved in our own way. What are the dates? The 23rd, as I said, right at the very beginning, through the 31st mm-hmm. of October. I wanted, to, I wanted to say it again. Thank you. Yeah. Well, What's the Phil, website? can you ask me to? What? 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 Um, can we, first of all, can we get like a trumpet blast for that announcement? Because it was even better than both rehearsals. <laughs> I, remember, I don't remember the notes even. I just put those two notes every week. I can't remember any of the other notes. <laughs> Uh, that was tremendous. 
Tremendous. Well, you know, I keep my shill hat right on the side of my desk over here. It's too bad there's no video, otherwise we'd be able to see that. Mm. Um, Who that? Oh. <coughs> oh, right in the feelings. Hey, um, this week's top Patreon supporters are Lakeside Woodcrafter, Stu Morrison, The Godfather, Jimmy DeResta, <laughs> Scott Turner, Greg Mead, Chad Grossclaws, Shane Bronson, Jeff Shaw, Infinite Craftsman, LiquidRC.com, Jim Bashirs, Paul Jackman, the boys over at Maybe I've Said Too Much, Creator Nader, Wesley Treat, Rob Ray, Darren Mattis, Isotunes, Tim Holliner, Keith Decent, and Gangi and Pop Pop Makerspace. You know, I'd, I'd like to bring up a couple of things really quick. Number one, uh, the boys over at Maybe I've Said Too Much are podcasting again. Make sure you go over there and give them a listen. Mike and Joel are knocking it out of the park with their... their, their Anyway, just go listen. I feel how bad for small him. is this park? I know, right? It's a little tiny. It's like a parking lot, like one stall car, like in front of Seven Eleven or something. Yeah, I, don't know. I mean, yeah. if they're not getting out of anything, it's a very small park. Yeah. But but the other thing is, is that uh, Genghi gets to go tomorrow to see if she is good enough to get released from the from the the bonds of what Greg's been putting her through, keeping her down, just like the man keeps the little guy down. Greg has been keeping Genghi down, but the doctor tomorrow might say, no, 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 no. You're good to go because she's a warrior and a trooper. And Gangi, we're praying for you and we're wishing you well. So get out there, kick some butt, and uh, do something amazing with your new hip. Is that proper? Slowly, slowly. It's brand new. Slowly. Okay. 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 Yeah. Maybe. Maybe not play this season's NHL. Skip that. Skip this year's NHL season. Yeah. Maybe stick to a little dance move, a little uh, mashed potato. How's that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What uh, are we working on? Let's go to Bill Lutz. What are you working on, my man? You know what? I got a couple of things to say about this as well. Um, So Saturday, I was going to come out in the shop because I've got a couple of ideas uh, for my Bauhaus wine barrel or wine barrel Bauhaus. Um, Anyway, so Saturday, uh, Casey and I went for a, a jog run where she actually runs and I ride the bicycle next to her. We did a little bit of a longer one. We got home. We had some yard work to do. So I sat down. I was going to take a break. I had a piece of peanut butter toast with a little honey on it because that's, you know, protein, little little calories to get me going and everything. About 10 minutes later, all of a sudden, my stomach started hurting really bad. And it's scary bad. So we called the advice nurse because it was just like, whoa, where did this come from? And I'm a little paranoid anyway with my, you know, I thought maybe my other appendix was acting up. Anyway, so I had to go to the emergency room. I had to go to the emergency room I spent, in case you couldn't go in with me. Uh, but I spent most of the day there and um, they tested me for everything under the sun, which is great because I feel better right now. I don't have any blood clots or cancers or bowel movement. And, and none of, I'm, everything was fine. We don't know what it was. Possibly gas I don't know whatever it was but anyway all that to say um, I had to put on the paper mask in the hospital they wouldn't let me wear because I normally wear a bandana when I go out in mm. public and just frontline workers people's in the hospital you people are wearing these things all day just I was there for six hours and my ears hurt from that little rubber band thing that goes around your ears these people are troopers and warriors they took such good care of me they were busy slammed all of that good stuff so thank you for that um, so I was going to work on stuff Sunday, but I decided to not because I wasn't feeling perfect again yet. 
So here's what I did. I came up with, I'm down to two things that I want to do for my wine barrel bauhaus. I want to do, it's going to be an art piece of some sort. It's either going to be uh, a graphic looking sign like the Bauhaus style, right? Incorporating my name, Lutz, into the colors and the shapes using just wine barrel parts and something to mount it on. And or a sculpture type piece where I could do the same thing where I can, because I've looked through everything. So I'm looking at either a sculpture, which would be cool and I think it would look amazing, but I don't know what I'd do with it or a sign that I could hang up. So I don't know. So I've got it down to those two things. That's what I want to do. And then the third thing that I'm working on, I finally ordered, Phil, I'm going to need your help. Tim, I'm going to need your help with this. Again, sacrificing what I can to make sure that I better your worlds. I ordered the upgrade kit for my Mac. I am going to yank the screen off of my Mac, take out the hard drive, put it in an SSD, and then somehow get all that information back into that puppy to make it run faster and better for the podcast. Oh, no, I'm busy that day. <laughs> so here's the thing is you take the old hard drive, they actually send you a little case to put it in so it becomes now an mm. external hard drive, like a storage. Yep. So mm -hmm. I just got to figure out how to make the operating system go from that once it's out back into the computer to the SSD. That's my only, everything else is physical plug and play, taking it apart, going step by step, mm -hmm. doing the seal around the glass. I, but then I once I get that before you. I think what you do is you put your new hard drive in that little case that they just sent you and you mirror copy everything, every X and O, every one and zero from the hard drive. That's I, before I get you open that it. part, but my, it's how do I do that? Is there going to be a cable that comes with it? You don't need to because the external case, yeah, has a cable. It's just a USB. So yeah. what you do is you put the new hard drive in the case. You put you plug that into the computer. You don't you haven't opened the computer at all. Anything. And what you're yeah. doing is you you don't do anything other than create what's called a mirror, which is an exact replica of your. Oh, you old do this before. Yeah. Before you open the computer up, yeah. So it's right. and it takes because hours. Because they're saying hours and that hours. that case. Well, I must have read it weird because they said that case is to put your old hard drive in. So now We're, you've got well, extra we storage if you want it. You can do that after. Yeah. yeah so first, oh, so you can do first both. You do I can put the SSD thing. card in the case. Right. So once I you have you. your uh, once you have a mirror, the computer has nothing on it. Yeah. Right. So once you have the mirror well, I thought on you, your, I thought you did it the other way. This is why I'm asking because I thought you did yeah. it the other way around. And then when you go to boot up the new one, you've got the other one plugged in and it just sucked everything over there. Right. But it won't know. To, it won't know how to get there to boot up for. It. That's why you have to copy it first, and then oh, you, then you, you take the old, the new so one, sense. swap it out with the old one, and and then you can take the old one and put it in there, and all your files are there. So now once you've done that, you can take your old one out of that little case. You can go to the old one in your case. Once you know your computer works and you're all set. Go to the old one. You can delete all of the stuff there that you don't need, like the operating system, the programs. Just keep your files on there for like a separate backup. But you really might not even need it. You might, or you might want to leave it. You might want to leave it just as is, as like a little time capsule. So in case something did go wrong in six months with your new one, you could take it out and put it back in, and you'd just be back six months instead of you know. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, so that's 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 what I've been up to. Cool. Emergency room, art decisions, and. Um, Technical well, amazingness that I haven't done yet. Well, I'm glad the emergency room wasn't anything serious. Um, and the it other was thing, gas. You, yeah, just gas. The other thing you forgot to mention about the wearing the mask six hours. Like I don't know about you guys, but I'm assuming you're like me because you kind of work alone and by yourself. You just pull it on and off every once in a while, right? Because we're not like you, like right. you were saying, the hospital six hours. Like never mind the have it around your ears six hours. You're breathing your own breath for six hours, man. That's like, there's been well, a few I, times I was I've there for a while. So let me, oh, here's another weird thing. So um, to help with the pain, because it was pretty severe, right? 
gave me a shot of morphine. So I didn't know when that was coming. The nurse came in. She, she started doing my IV thing, right? And I thought, okay, because the doc said they're going to need fluids. So I'm kind of sitting there and in pain. And I'm trying to remember that I don't want to be a butt because these people are here to help me. And they're amazing. So I'm trying to crack jokes and everything while I'm talking. But I'm, I'm kind of like, uh, yeah, you know, and the pickle said, blah, 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 or whatever. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, and the pickle said, there was no pain. I'm like, oh, I got morphine. Yeah. So the second time around that I got morphine, because everything was taking forever, they want me to do a CT scan on my stomach and on my chest, and I got to go to this other room. They say, well, we want to wait until you get all your fluids in. It's not working right now. Here, let me do this. She gave me more morphine. Uh, it's not, The fluids weren't coming out of the IV bag fast enough, right? She wanted that to finish. She says, well, let me do this. She gave me more morphine, and then she put the IV bag into like a, a clear cup, and she pressurized it, so it kind of pushed on the bag, and then it went in my arm a little bit faster just to make sure because whatever, right? So it's kind of mm. speed up the process. So I'm like, that's great. But now I'm on dose number two of the morphine. So I'm sitting there and as I look over, I see all these little air bubbles because the bag is almost empty and they're going into my arm. And I remember watching One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest when I was a kid and dude killed himself by putting a, a syringe in his vein with yeah. just air. Right. Yeah. So now I'm freaking out because I see these air bubbles that are going into my arm. And again, with the morphine, I can feel the air bubbles. Yep. I can feel them going up my arm, they're going across <laughs> yeah. my chest. Yeah, you're they're nuts. messing with yeah. my shoulder on this side. I'm like, yeah. oh, my God, I started breathing really fast and I'm having a panic attack. And I'm just like, uh. of course, all this was about eight seconds worth of time. But it was a good hour and a half of my life that went by in those eight yeah. seconds that I knew I was going to die. Somebody messed up. This is just awful. I'll miss you guys. So is it true or not about the air bubble thing? The saline so doesn't go asked, in your bloodstream. Right? I didn't even remember. I didn't even remember this, right? Yeah. Um, until this morning, and I was telling Casey about it. I said, oh, crap, I remember this thing. And she said, you know what, honey? The doctor told me once that it's not the same when you're getting fluids. Hmm. Versus so, what? I don't know. Well, there's nothing know. else that they can pump into you other than fluids. But the I don't fluid, think the fluids like don't Tim go into said, your maybe it's not going into your bloodstream. You're not, they go you're not pumping into water into your bloodstream. You're pumping it into your body somewhere else. Like you're putting it into your veins. They find a vein. Really? Well, how else are they getting it into you? They're not just jamming it into your muscles. Mm, drip. It's something interesting because, like I said, I it's saw the movie. Veins. Yeah, vein. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Yeah. But why didn't the air bubbles kill me? Where was the guy? Was he like? Was he underwater or in space or something? No, dude, dude, dude was in a crazy house, right? He locked himself in the nurse's office. Oh, yeah, yeah. He okay, sat yeah. on the floor. He grabbed the big syringe, stuck it in his vein, pumped all the air in it, and then five seconds later, he's like, Ugh, he's dead. Uh, maybe it's because it was a lot of air. <clears throat> maybe just a little bit of air your body can handle. A lot of air there, maybe just like burst, ruptured the vein or something. There are two main oh. types of IV lines, peripheral IVs and central lines. Peripheral IVs are typically inserted into a small vein on the arm or hand and have a tiny diameter, and this is what most people think of as an IV. Uh, and then there's the other kind. I know there's a whole lot of technical jargon. Those tiny bubbles just get dissolved in your blood very quickly. A central line, however, is a much different situation because they have a much larger diameter and are placed in larger vessels with larger volumes of blood. Then it, does uh, it doesn't take much air for a large bubble to form. So, so the little tiny bubbles that can go through the little saline drip are no big deal, but if you have a big a big bubble could go so, in okay. and could cause a problem, apparently. Well, I can just tell you this. I didn't remember until this morning how terrified I was. And I could, seriously, I could feel the bubbles. Like, I thought my arm was boiling. The bubbles going <laughs> bloop, 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 going into my shoulder, across my chest, into my other shoulder. I'm like, oh, my God, oh, my God, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. It was so 
freaky. But then another cute nurse came in and wheeled me to the CT scan. So I was all, hey, I'm going for a CT scan. How you doing? So, right. Yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. I definitely wanted to have nightmares tonight, so thank you for that. Um, <laughs> at least it's a new one. It's a different nightmare. I haven't had the bubbling air veins yet. So, yeah. Can you can you imagine? It's been twenty four minutes and Bill didn't make anything. <laughs> like that whole story. The answer to the question was, "What have you? Nothing. You didn't make anything." You know what I made, Phil? You know what I made? Great I made stories. some people happy. I made some people happy. When, Good job. When you left. When you left. <laughs> <laughs> They actually wanted to keep me overnight, and everybody loved me. I am such a great patient. I bet. I bet. I'm sure you are. I think yeah. you're very appreciative when people are looking out for you. Oh, my God. You don't even know. It's so amazing because I'm just like I have, I'm out of my wheelhouse, right? I'm like, you guys are all all amazing, and I whatever you say, I'm good. Let's do it. Right. Yeah. See, yeah. the problem with me is, one, I'm Jewish, so automatically I think I'm a doctor. So whenever I go to the <laughs> Let me just double check what you're telling me here, my man. Give me that chart. Give me my chart. I know chart. you did eight years of med school, but, you know, there's some lineage here. I think I... I'm Jewish, you know? so I might have more, you know, so, I might be a super procedure. Well, usually the doctor is Jewish also, but right. uh, where I'm going, anyways. Um, uh, Tim, did you make some physical things? Um... I guess. Uh, well, okay. Right. I, I have uh, my. I I ordered. I I've been out of squares. I've been out of stock on squares for like a week maybe now. And I but I knew I was going to be out of stock on them soon. So I ordered, you know, more of them uh, a little while back. And uh, they just came in today. And so I'm back in stock on squares. And uh, so in order to celebrate, I thought I would you know, create a. I don't know, like a coupon code to maybe do 10% off on squares at newperspectivesmusic.com. Or Does it utilize? Tell me it's utilized. Can you do use utilize for right 10% off? <laughs> I just turned into Bill, I think. <laughs> Wait, it's like it just happened right in front of my eyes. It, it did. It happened pretty quickly. I'm, I you went from Bill to Shill, like, left. <laughs> um... But no, I was like, because I got the squares in, and I was like, you know what? I was like, it'll be fun. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, try to recoup some of the expense of, of making them. See if I can, uh, you know, get a couple sales right off the bat, you know, and getting these in. And uh, so I, I was like, well, we'll do a ten percent off sale. So I, I did create the code broccoli, but uh, and I'll, I'll leave that up for a few days at least. I don't, I don't know how long. So if you go to timsway.net/square, it'll take you to my store, or you can just go to newperspectives.com and find it there. And squares are back in stock. There's still a few metrics. I didn't make any more of those. I'm just gonna let those run out. Um, but I got a whole fresh batch of Imperials in in time for the holidays and stuff. 10% off with the code broccoli. But what I did, which is fun, is that I, I uh, broccoli is one of those words that I have to think about spelling. Like every time I spell it. Yeah. You know, so I made how many C's, two C's. How many L's? Exactly. So it is two C's and one L is the proper way to spell broccoli. I think. Now that I'm saying it out loud, I'm not so sure. <laughs> you should make three coupon codes for all the different variables of the word broccoli. Well, I made two. If you spell broccoli correctly, <laughs> if you spell broccoli correctly, you get ten percent off, and if you spell it wrong, you get eight percent off. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was just fun as heck. So I did. That's, that's the awesome. So I did it for real. Yeah. Um, hey, are you in? The, are you in? Are you up for? I know you're constantly trying to come up with new ideas and inventions. Are you ready for? The Can squ- I blow your mind? The, the squinkle or whatever the heck it was. The squirkle. Squirkle. What is that? Tell me what it is. It doesn't matter. I just named it. If you have a square, why not a squirkle? 
It's a it's a Tim Sway circle, I guess. Like maybe like a gooseneck for like curves. Protractor. You're a protractor. There's a protractor uh, on the square. I thought a protractor is a thing with the, you know like you split its legs and you got a pencil on one side and you that, make that, circles. That's a, that's a compass, which you can also use the square kind of like that because it has a protractor which makes circles. Yeah, you know what? It, you know what else the square is? It's also a diesel generator. What are you talking about? Everything we're saying, it's also all oh, the square does that too. <laughs> so no on the squircle. Yeah. Uh, for, I tell you what, my people will will listen to your people's elevator pitch. How's that sound? Well, I didn't hear a no. I didn't hear a no to the squircle because frankly, you know what? He's gonna he's gonna hold name. off for a couple of months and then he'll say, "Hey guys, I just came up with the squircle. You should check this out." <laughs> <laughs> squircle. If you spell I don't know what it wrong, does you get ten percent off. Yeah. yeah. By the way, it's ten or eight percent off. What? How much is the squircle? Uh it's. I think it's twenty nine ninety five. So okay. it's so it brings it down to like you know twenty four fifty or twenty four something like that. Um, no, twenty seven dollars is what it brings it down to. That's ten percent. Ten percent. No, it makes it. I think it makes it. Take three dollars off. I think it makes it free, doesn't it? Does it make it free? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how yeah. math works. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's, it's 20, $26.95 is what it, what it comes down to. It's $30. Take 10% yeah. off, comes down to $19. Yeah, it's um, like, it's like it's, I give you money, basically. It's free. It's free. That's how that, that's how that works. Math, math. I don't have time for that. You, you just order it, pay for it, and then wait by the mailbox when you get all that money coming back. That's right. Actually, it's but, funny you say that because the squircle is also a calculator. <laughs> <laughs> I just keep th- I keep thinking of the Thneed from the Lorax. Everybody needs a Thneed. That's right. Yeah. It's something that everybody needs. It does everything. Um, yeah. Yeah, but so uh, that, that 10% off, by the way, works on everything at the website. I decided to just, like, I could have just made it on the squares. I was like, ah, it's like, what the heck? I'll just throw it up. So if you if you want to buy a Thneed, you can get 10% off at newperspectivesnews.com. <laughs> I did have Are something I was... genuine tufts? What's that? Are you making it from the truffula tufts? Uh, truffula trees. Yeah, the tufts of the truffula trees. The, yeah, the barbalutes and the swami swans are a little upset about it, but... <laughs> well, they had to go pretty the far barbalutes? away. The what? The yeah. barbalutes? The barbalutes. Yeah, and their barbalute suits. Yeah. Oh. They're like a little bear. It's a great book, Aww. or you can just watch the movie. I Don't highly recommend... That. I recommend the original. The original movie with um, Eddie Albert sings the, the theme song. And... It's from the late sixties, early seventies. It's great. I remember. I mean, yeah, I remember the original cartoon. I think, uh, or the book. Maybe I yeah, read that's the book. The, yeah, the book. Yeah, yeah. the book. But I, I had something else to, to talk about. I know I'm like Bill. I haven't actually made anything, but I got a lot of stuff to say. Uh, <laughs> the um, I I've been putting together the new. It's called the M2. The the new Maslow. It's um, you know, the maker made CNC. Uh, so they make the if you don't. If you don't know what that one is, that's the CNC that hangs on the wall, and it's got like two chains that basically a, a router just gets moved around on these two chains that are hanging from like a like above you, and uh, and that's your X and Y, and then it has like the Z axis. On the original one that I had, the Z axis was you would basically just mount your router base to the sled that has like bricks on it for weight, and you would use the the, the turn screw on your router for making adjustments to to go up and down and, and set your depth. So, you know, the original, the original one was like 400 bucks and then had, and it had like no Z axis. It was just, you would just set the router, plunge it in physically and then drive it, you know? Um, and then the, you know, the guys, Chris and those guys, they took it over, uh, when MakerMate took it over and they, they started making it better making improvements. And a lot of the improvements are coming in the software end of it. 
um, the usability and the functionality of the software. But then the biggest improvement they made, because it was the, the weakest link of this CNC machine, is the Z-axis being that turn screw on your rigid router. You know, it's just not a super high, high accuracy kind of a thing. You know, I mean, if you're doing it by hand, you can be pretty accurate with that and lock it in, but you have like a little, you never lock it because it's always moving them down with a little motor. It was just, the Z was always a, a problem. So they decided to just sort of take the machine to the next level and they created an actual little um, aluminum, you know, extruded aluminum frame with, a, with an actual Acme thread on it and, uh, and a belt-driven thing and a little motor. And it's like a mini gantry that you mount now onto this thing for like a proper Z-axis. And so they, plus they've updated the, the firmware, the uh, Arduino or whatever it is, the computer, you know, updated the software. And so, you know, I'm going to make a video for them about it. And I finally started digging into it and it blew my freaking mind how accurate they made this very primitive looking thing. Uh, I like, I mean, I, it's obviously it's not competing with my Abbott CNC that, you know, it's like an $8,000 machine, right? Um, like before, and it was always that was always kind of the sales pitch, you know, when I made videos from the past. Like, well, you know, yeah, of course it doesn't compete with my eight thousand dollar machine. It's a five hundred dollar machine, and now with this new improvement, it's a thousand dollar machine. And I was like, oh, I was like, that's gonna be a tough sale, for you know, compared to because now you're getting closer to like real CNC money. But the damn thing's a real CNC now. I, I, I haven't actually started cutting projects with it yet. I just I calibrated it today, and I and I put a piece of scrap like roofing plywood screwed it to the board, just a little piece of scrap, and I drew five circles, uh, concentric, you know, so it started with like an inch and a half, and then two, and then three, and, and, then and then a box around it to cut it out. And so each circle, like the first one is one-tenth of an inch deep, the second one's two-tenths of an inch deep, um, and, you know, onward, all the way through to the final cut where I cut it all the way out, and I had two tabs to hold it. And the other problem with the Z was how slow it was before. Now it's like, like, makes sense with the rest of the speed of the machine. It's still very slow compared to like a, you know, $8,000 machine, but I'll be damned if every one of those circles that it cut, not only were they perfect the circles, the depths were within a, with, within two, three hundredths of an inch. Um, most of them, I mean, and that's like, I almost equate the error more to the garbage piece of wood I put in, like the two hundredths of a difference is like just a piece of crap mm. plywood is that much of a difference you know what i mean the depths were yeah. spot on the circles were all spot on the tabs were spot on like because i made the tabs 0.35 inches deep by 0.35 inches wide and wouldn't you know it there it was i think it came out to 0.33 inches wide by 0.37 inches deep i was within two one hundredths of an inch on like every cut this thing did i i just couldn't believe it for a thousand dollars and it didn't take so all my, day my my brain First thing, because I'm going to be the one to ask questions because I have no idea what you're even saying. However, we're, so the weight of the bricks is enough to keep that Z-axis from pushing away from the workpiece. Yeah, so that's kind of, it's it's to sort of, you know, aid gravity in keeping the sled from hanging down. So there's, there's things that you have to do with it that are different. And this is like, you know, it's part of the learning curve. It's part of why people speak negatively about it, like... Uh, you know, you can't you can't just jump on this machine and use it like you know like if you were to go out and buy an eight thousand dollar machine. Just it's that's not going to happen. There's going to be a little more tinkering. Chris has come a long, long way with the software because I remember last time it was like a real hassle setting up the software. Um, hardware, I understand. You know, I know how to turn wrenches and set screws, and I know like if the you know if it's if it's not straight, I know how to loosen the bolts and straighten the sled and move the bricks so it sits right. That's you know whatever. 
Um, but the software is always a little overwhelming and daunting because it's in all this sort of language that I don't understand, you know, this like computer ease and, and stuff. Um, and there's some stuff in the instructions that I don't quite get. And so part of what he sends stuff like this to me, it's like, I, I call him up and I tell him like, dude, I don't understand what the heck you're saying here. What is, what does that mean? You know? And then that helps them create, you know, not just me, other people too. It helps them create better instructions and better software. So this weekend, like, you know, I put the machine together and, um, I remember last time I was like, okay, I remember spending hours like downloading all this firmware and all this stuff and all these gerbils and blah, 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 and all this stuff I don't understand. And, uh, so I brought my laptop home. I was like, I'm going to do that this weekend. As like, you know, Chris, send me, send me the information. He's like, okay, give me a little time. You know, that night he sends me a link. I go to the link, I download the thing and I'm like, all right, here we go. I pour a cup of coffee. I get up, you know, bright and early in the morning, sit down, I click on it. It opens up. And it's just, there's just this software there. It's like, well, and it just looks like CNC. And it, so I text him, I'm like, what else do I need to do? He's like, well, you're gonna have to calibrate it. You know, so when you plug it in the machine, you know, but I was like, well, I mean, what else do I have to download? Do I have to download a bunch of stuff and type in a bunch of code? He's like, no, 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 it's all done. And that was like such a huge step up from all this other sort of DIY level CNC. And that's that's the big innovation that these guys are working on. They have this whole plan for, for making this just network of of CNCs and stuff, just like super cool, uh, super cool. And so there's still like, it still took me a little while to understand the language of setting it up because like the, you know, these guys like created it and they understand it. And so I was still like, there's like all, all this stuff about calibrating. It's like, okay, we'll go to the, you know, it had like, it said like put this depth and or estimated depth and actual depth or whatever, or expected and actual. And like, and it's like, I don't get it. It didn't make any sense to me. And so I just called him. I'm like, what does this mean? And he explained it to me. He's like, oh, what, what you do is, drive it 200 millimeters make a mark then drive it you know 400 millimeters the other direction make a mark measure those two distances if it's 390 millimeters that's what you got so you write 390 down and expect it 400 and you do that you hit return and then the computer goes oh okay i get it that's how much we're off and it goes in its little brain and it calculates it all so now the next time you do it it's going to be perfect it's like so my my original question and i appreciate all that information <laughs> yeah I, I didn't answer it that, well, the weight of the brick. So you're saying you're adding a new Z-axis. So that's going in and out of the machine. This thing is hanging right. on, right? The weight yeah. of the bricks is enough to allow that Z-axis to actually dig into the wood without pushing the whole thing away yes. from the, the workpiece. Yes. Okay. What about like, so you have, you tried plywood, which is fairly soft. What about like a, if you put a piece of oak up there or something, is it going to be viable for a piece of oak or hard uh, hardwood? Well, we're going to find out for sure. Uh you know, I mean, other people have figured that out. There's always with CNC, like, it's all feeds and speeds everybody always talks about. And with this machine, you're limited with speeds a little bit uh, because it just doesn't go fast. But it really, Just this know, idea of the bricks holding that thing enough Yeah, is yeah, no, that's, it's me. fine. That yeah. and gravity, because... Keep in mind, this, this is, in my mind anyway, this is for plywood. This is a sign-making tool, right? This is for, like, basically strapping oh. it to a 4x8 sheet that's upright... And you're cutting out signs. For sure, this isn't that's for that's like the, 3D carving. For sure, that's the original design intention of it was just to cut out shapes out of plywood. Um, yeah. Now I've done some stuff with some holocore doors and a little bit with wood. Uh, surprising in detail with the old setup, and so now of course I'm going to make a guitar on it. Um, and the the goal is so when I originally I was like I have a 3D file. It's a guitar I've made before, a, a solid body, one piece guitar. So the neck and the body are all the same, and it's a 3D carve, right? Um, so what I was, what I'm planning on doing as of right now, still I'm planning on this, is to just run 
the uh, 2D portions of the cutting and to just basically do the roughing tool pass to get the bulk of the material away and then finish the shaping by hand to smooth it all out. But after watching it today, I already strapped a piece of wood in there that I'm going to use. After watching it today, I'm going to go to a corner of that piece of wood and I'm going to create a 3D tool path and see what happens. Like just make like a little half a circle somewhere um, just to see what happens. Because I'm almost thinking I might be able to get away with that. It'll take, you know, 10 times as long as it would on my Avid CNC. You know what I mean? But like if you can do, if I could do a 3D carved guitar on a $1,000 CNC machine that you can hang on your wall... And that's just insane. That just makes it super accessible. And, that's, that's, and I've said it before. I've said it to Chris's face. I, I, I've said it before. Like, like I, I'm not into that CNC. I already have like the the badass, you know, like CNC. Like I don't need that. Um, but what I'm into and I believe in is the technology and uh, the people that are that are what they're trying to do with it, and to see right. what they've done in a year since the last time I messed with their machine. It just and he was telling me about it a year ago, what they were working on. It just blew my mind. And just, I have, I just love what they're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's more user friendly, like for beginners, than a, a big setup? You said it was. N- it's still, it's, it's, you know, if you're a tinkerer, you're someone that understands like 3D printing, you're someone that understands computers, you're someone that understands CNC and stuff. You're so gonna no. hop in there. <laughs> but no, like for for you, Bill, it would be very frustrating. Um, yeah. The computer part of it would be, and that's the goal. To get that to the ease, like assembling it for you would be no problem. Um, right, figuring right. out, like figuring out how to calibrate it is a little weird. Like setting it up, it's like you put it in the center, you make the chains tight. Like you know, it's easy. I just I put it in the center of the board, and I screwed it there, and then I put the chains so they were perfectly tight and equal on the same size. And I unscrewed it. It's like okay, now it's centered. But you still just have to do those calibrations, which are a little weird. Um, but even like compared to the last time when you had to calibrate, you had to go around to like all the exter- extremity corners, and it took forever yeah. and make all these marks up. Now no laser attachment. It's coming. It's in the software. It's in Ooh. the software, and the port is on the the Arduino um, or the computer brain or whatever the heck it is. I don't know if it's an Arduino or not. There's a port there to plug the laser in. They've already been talking to JTEC, who makes lasers that attach to um, CNC machines. And so it's like the software. It's in the software. Does all the laser stuffs in the software, and all of this stuff is in the hardware. It's just not a laser yet, <laughs> but it's coming. Hmm. So nothing. So nothing. (laughs) Nothing, sir. (laughs) Coincidentally, I did nothing also. However, I did repair something. So we have these uh, these little cheapo lights that we got. Uh, They kind of look like little mini Christmas lights, but it comes with like 50 feet. And I wrapped it around the banister in the backyard, uh, you know, to make it pretty during those summer nights. And as it turned out, a squirrel nod through the control box because you can have all these different settings for like mm. dimming them and making them strobe and stuff. A squirrel nod through all the cables and the control box. And this thing was maybe, you know, 10% off 1999. So, I don't know, what was that, Tim? Like 12 bucks? But uh I free. Wow. Yeah, free, pretty much. <laughs> so, my wife's like, we could just order another one. I was like, "No, I am going to fix this." So, I sat there and I probably <laughs> through about $40 worth of labor and 20 bucks worth of materials and I fix this thing. So mm. That's kind of cool. So take that, Lauren. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so that's what I... Who's the sucker now? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> who's stupid now, Lauren? <laughs> Still me. Um, yeah, okay, great. 
Uh, do we want to play that? Oh no, it was a uh, it was a it was a review thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Do we have time? Uh, <laughs> <coughs> Let me see here. Uh, yeah, we'll zip through it. It's fine. Yeah. Actually, yeah. This no. is, I think this is we a good really quick don't. something we can focus on, but. <laughs> Um, here was the question. This is an amazing podcast for makers. Uh, I listen to podcasts. Blah, 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 blah. Um, okay. Well, I'm not going to use this review to promote myself. And by the way, this is from Jake Chovanek. Um, and he sent, sent us a review. And in the review, there is a question. While I'm not going to use this review to promote myself, I am going to use it to ask a question. I'm going to be moving soon and slightly upgrading my workshop. Uh, but I will still be in a one-car garage. I am... Use the word still here a lot. I am still building my arsenal of tools... So what are some tools that are space wasters, and what are some essentials? I mostly do woodworking to put this into perspective. So it is a one-car garage. Figure it's basically 180 square feet, right? 10 by 18, maybe? 12 by 16? Whatever the case may be, right? Let's start with the space waster. What's the first thing that comes to mind is a space waster for a small shop if you're mostly doing woodworking. I know what my answer is. Jointer. Drill press. Nah, you need that. I love the drill press. Takes up no space. Yeah, no space, and you, the accuracy and repeatability is just like... Free it's like having, it's, a, it's the closest thing to a machine shop and a woodworking shop. Yeah, it's badass. Yeah. We already ah, disagree. See, we disagree. I, I think a drill press is a nice luxury, but you can do everything on a drill press with a cordless drill. Everything. Every Except be straight thing. and accurate. Yeah, and bigger bits, big Forstner yeah. bits. Yeah. Okay, again, big though, you're saws. talking about a small shop where he's just mainly doing woodworking. How yeah. often do you use those gigantic Forstner bits? I mean, it allows you to change the jobs you take. Like, I took a several thousand dollar paying, like, piece job because I had a drill press that I could do that. And if and he gets a several paper. thousand dollar paying job, he could probably get one. We're talking about setting up from the, from the start. So, what's the first? To me, the first wasted space in expense. If you if he's already got one, that's fine. But if you're like, you know, should I buy a drill press to start my shop off with? I don't think so. Not to start off. And you know what I'm gonna say? I'm gonna say my famous catchphrase. Broccoli. Um, <laughs> you beat me to it by a millisecond. <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah, you can um, save 10% off on a squircle. <laughs> the thing is, is so, yeah, you can get away with not having any, um, like, machining machines, meaning needing to square up rough lumber, turning rough lumber into finished wood that you can use. Uh, any surfacing or prep stuff, like because you can buy that stuff, you can buy S4S lumber. It's just going to be a lot more expensive. Yeah, joints are planer. Know that you're good. Yeah, yeah. But I and would get a planer because you can get a sled. You can you can get jigs for the table saw. You can get all kinds of stuff to get around needing a jointer. Mm-hmm. But I do think that a planer, especially since lunchbox planers are so small, you can tuck them away. I would call that essential. I don't know if you guys agree. I, I agree with a small planner. Yeah. yeah, I would. I would rather have that than the jointer. Um, but you can do I that. I wouldn't have either one though to start with. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I don't. So we're, what we're not sure is what level of woodworking um, our buddy's doing, right? So I well, think, it, and also what kind of woodworking? Like if he's if he's scroll sawing wooden bow ties, then he's probably going to need to scroll saw. But if he's making cabinets yeah. and boxes and stuff, I'd say get rid of the scroll saw. It's taking up too much space. Right, yeah. so so I I think so. If Table you're starting top. off, like let's 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 answer this from two perspectives, and we'll zip through it. Right, one, yeah. I'm just starting. I'm just going to start woodworking. I'm only going to do it part time, if that. I'm just interested in it. I've got some space. What do I start putting in there to begin with? Step one: is, table saw. 
Well, see, and that's where I disagree. I absolutely disagree with if you aren't, you're not actually already woodworking or you have a little bit of, of, of uh, skills or whatever, you're just starting off, I would say a bandsaw. A small tabletop bandsaw because it allows you to cut um, long stock, right? Not long stock, but I mean longer pieces of boards. You can cut them down. You can rip stuff with it. You can square up. Even I know you don't believe this, Phil, but you can actually kind of square things with it a little bit. And if you, you can, get that lunchbox planer, that'll finish the job. And it will but finish the job. not the edges. Actually. Well, and, and the edges you can sand. You can get a hand plane and do that. Hand you see plane. what I'm saying? Well, that's, so, that's what I was going to say about the jointer and the planer is that they make hand planes for that. And they're very small. Right. Yeah. I would this say is, a again, this is somebody starting out. a table saw. Like, he's you... making a couple of wooden bow ties. He's made a picture frame or two or something like that. And he's only going out in the shop once a month, if that, every couple of months. I'm gonna That's split how most it. people start. I'm going to split it right down the middle of these two things because I agree with Phil. I heard to say. I agree with Phil that the... Really? <laughs> I hate Usually always either right. Of you. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. I, I agree with you that the table saw is, of course, the most practical, most useful, most versatile heart and soul of every woodworking shop. However, if... Amen. I agree with that as well. I do agree if, with that. If it's your first saw, you should probably cut yourself on a jigsaw first, before, you know, before you cut yourself on a table saw. Like your saw. first saw ever in life? Yeah. Like if, you, if you've never used it, if you're like just starting in the woodworking, okay. you've only done a little bit of skill saw stuff. and you, The table saw is a big, scary, and, and impendingly... Like and also ask yourself, ask yourself, what are you using? When you're first starting out, you have a table saw. What are you doing with it? You're ripping, right? That's mostly what you're going to do with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, like so, the first thing I made with a table saw was like a really horrible box. But okay. I, I ripped, I cross cut, I did dados and grooves. And I even made a stupid fancy lid, you know, by sort of turning the blade, like tilting the blade and then running yeah. it so that it kind of was yeah, like right. almost like well, pyramidal. Yeah. Uh, so, so I was able to do quite a bit with that, even as a very beginner beginner, and that was a really crappy table saw. And when did you go back out in the shop to do something else? What do you mean? Okay, so you made that thing. When did you make your next thing? Was it the following weekend? Did you catch the bug? Oh, yeah, I got the bug right away. I mean, I love Okay, it. so again, you already had a little bit of skill sets. You had an idea of what you wanted to do, and you're gonna, you know you're going to be out in the shop. You're going to be making some stuff. Table saw, absolutely. I agree with you. But I'm saying for somebody that's not sure, they're like, you know, I might want to try this woodworking thing. First thing I would recommend is just go watch Steve Ramsey's videos because he can tell you. Right, right, right. Yeah. Steve Ramsey answers the beginner woodworker every go time. To, go to the beginning However, of his series. Yeah. <laughs> the bandsaw just, you can do so many crafty, fun things with a bandsaw, right? You can get crazy with it and it's not that dangerous. You can sculpt with it like Jimmy does and it's yeah. not that dangerous. You can make a, a wooden knife or a sword with it and it's not that dangerous. You can do a lot of stuff with it. Then if you want to actually get a table saw, then yeah, get a table saw. But to start off. But now you do you do woodworking, right? You've done it before. Yeah. Maybe at work you had to do something. You used tools and whatnot. Absolutely. The first thing you put in your shop is a table saw. Period. Done. Build around that with whatever you can afford. I'm going to reread a section of this. And he goes, I am going to be moving soon and slightly upgrading my workshop. But I will still be in a one-car garage. So keep in mind, he already has a shop. He already is a woodworker. He is upgrading by having a dedicated one-car garage. Well, all right. So so in this context, it may be a different answer. So he, Okay, so he, now he was talking about what's a waste of space and what should he have. So I think the right. first things you said, Phil, are, are must, right? A planer and a table saw to start yeah. off with. And if you've got the space for a drill press, 
another wonderful luxury tool when you start woodworking, right? Or or just to always have. It helps you repetitive, all that stuff you guys are saying. What chop else? Saw. What else would you chop, put in there? I, I would think a chop saw is essential uh, <clears throat> because nah. because cross-cutting on a table saw, unless you've got a big table saw, is challenging and can be dangerous. Well, I would say more depend upon what you're going to do. If this guy's doing a lot of trim work, um, you know, uh, things like that where you do need that nice – because my chop saw stays in my shed until I need it. Then I pull it out in the driveway. It's the DeWalt one. It's like a transformer. I pull it apart. I can can put a 12-foot 2x4 on there and cut angles all day if I want to, right? But 90% of the time when I need to cross-cut something or even cut a bevel on something, it's on the table saw. Likewise, but that's why, like, the thing is, is you can get a little 10-incher that's not a slider, and you could just tuck it under a workbench, but when you do need to do repeated cuts, it's nice, and it's small, and you could just tuck it away, and they're yeah, not I like expensive. I didn't know what you think about that, right, just a simple chop saw, yeah. You know, like, you're going to do, like, let's say you're going to build something out of two by fours, right? You're going to build your workbench out of two by fours. Pretty darn nice to have a little chop saw to do that. But I'm still willing to bet that... 90% of the time when you have to pull your chop saw out from under the bench and set it up, you'd yeah. rather just turn on the table saw and make the cut real quick. Or grab the skill Maybe saw you... and step outside and put it on your knee. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Listen, I have all these like I have all these things and I agree with you. So and, right. and it does like and I have the same stand you have Bill, it's just a different name. But like yeah. when I when I know that I need to do something, like I've got like long melamine boards that I need to cut all to a spec and I need to put a stop. I will bust that thing out and I will do it. Or it's great for doing outdoor projects like the deck and the shed that Absolutely. I built and all that stuff. So there's a place for it. So maybe you're right. Maybe it's not essential right away, but I well, think it's small enough that it's nice. It's a need to have. Yeah. Because yeah. nice you know he's talking about you know woodworking, and my assumption is he's not cutting a lot of like ten foot long things because you know with that chop saw. Or with a t- or cross cutting on the tables off for that matter. If like in a one, if you have a one car garage, ten feet wide, and you're trying to cross cut an eight foot board right in the middle, it's kind of a hassle. You got to turn it sideways. Yeah, right. Exactly. And your table your table saw is only one way in there, so you know what I mean. It's like you you're probably gonna have your table saw going the other direction for for ripping. You know, um, right. but that's where like I don't think you necessarily need it. I think that the the skill saw, and if you need to cut a fifty inch piece, you can go outside and cut it to fifty one inches, and then clean it up on the. You know, yeah. on the table saw with your sled. And you can do all those repetitive cuts on the sled with it just screwing a stop to your sled or whatever. Um, now, right. interestingly enough, the table saw was like the last tool I got out of all these tools. Yeah. Uh, because I was when I first started woodworking when I was in my early 20s, I was terrified of it. And so I did everything on the bandsaw, like Bill was saying. And then um, when I started again as a younger adult, I did the, I had the bandsaw. And um, and then I had the chop saw, a 10-inch, like you were saying, 10-inch, because everything's had to get put away. And I made everything with that 10-inch chop saw. But then once I got a table saw, the tennis chop saw, I didn't seem like that important anymore. <laughs> you know? Right. So now I have a nice 12 I'm going to say one that I think is more controversial, maybe, maybe uh-uh. not, that I think is a need to have, and it took me a long time to realize that, some kind of dust collection. <laughs> eh. No. Eh. Nah. If you're in a one-car garage, you share that space with the house. You know, you value your health somewhat. You, you wear a bandana a and you get your cordless blower and you blow it out in the driveway when you're done. Now, as a as a bandana wearer, I will say, don't wear a bandana wearing a 95 mask. Uh, I I still pull the bandana up for quick cuts, but what if I'm if I bust a sander and I put a proper mask on now? 
you know. Yeah. And then I put the bandana So that's over the thing. It. Like, I if you see any of my earlier videos, I basically lived in dust. the Sahara Desert of wood dust. And, like, I did most of my stuff at night. So I couldn't open the garage door and blow anything out. I had, which is a good idea. I do that sometimes now to mm. clean up. But at nighttime when I'm working and there are neighbors or whatever... I can't have the garage door open and stuff. So it's nice right now to be able to turn on a dust collector, to have everything just clean. I have an air cleaner also, cleans up the air in the shop. It makes it a, just a much more enjoyable experience. I, I, I think, think that's more luxury because I can yeah. take my shop vac and hook it up individually to each thing I'm using and mitigate 75% of any of that dust. Yeah, no, I said so. some kind of dust collection, any kind of yeah. dust collection. I started off well, with Well, that would be my, my advice. So, okay, because we're going to make small dust, Small shop right? vac, because we have yeah. limited yeah. space. Small shop vac. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Mine's sitting right here. Uh, yeah. So we're going to make dust. So sanders, I mean, what are the? Yeah. What do you need to have and what can you get away with for a while? I, you just need a random orbit, if that's your only sander, in my opinion. I, yes, I would say start with that, but if you can afford it, the next thing you will want is a, a I don't care how big it is, but a, a belt sander of some kind um, that you you know you can get your 4x24 or whatever. I love my rigid, my oscillating one. Well, um, I th- yeah, I think with a small workshop, we're talking about like stationary tools is kind of the issue. I mean, obviously, like cordless drills, skill saws, routers, like these are all yeah. things that you're going to want to have in your toolbox. And now I love having benchtop belt sanders, but then they also, the handheld ones, you can simply clamp into a vise and have yep. a benchtop that way. You know, I mean, it's not, is it is good? No, but it does it save you two square feet on your but workbench. There's, but there's a lot Absolutely. of benchtop belt sanders that are fairly Well, we both love small. our rigid. Like, and it does well, our rigid is a, a, on the bigger side of a, a benchtop, but I'm yeah. thinking just a yeah. simple benchtop uh, belt sander you can cl- you can set it on your bench. You can clamp it down with a couple of, of uh, clamps, and you can use that when you when you realize how much savings of palm sanding or, or orbital sanding you can save by using your bench sander, especially to end grain, right? To, mm. to smooth up that end grain and stuff. Oh man, I, I love it. But I agree with you. Start off with the orbital if you've got room. I think that's something that you should put in that small shop as a as a, a desktop belt sander of some kind. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um. I mean, like, look, I have the same size shop as this guy's talking about, and I, I have all of these tools I'm saying not to get. So it doesn't <laughs> seem like that small a space to me. I mean, I have a jointer. I have a planer. I have a drill press. I have a big table saw. I have a, uh, a bandsaw. You know, I have a chop even, saw. So I don't you know even have a you router. necessarily need to limit your space when it's that small. You can even have a router table if you build it your... Yeah, do, into your table saw, or do you have a separate one? Yeah. No, yeah, it's in the, ta- the wing of my table saw. Right. You can even have that. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. You can do a lot. And I use the fence rod. of the table saw as the fence exactly. for the router. Exactly. You know, like, a lot of this, too, has to do with how big... Do you have a table saw already, and how big is it? And do you have a bench in your shop, and how big is it? Because if you've got a one-car garage, and you've got, like, this Harbor Freight extravaganza bench that I've got, <laughs> and a, a portable table saw, I can fit a lot of stuff in here. But if you've got... A nice, big, beautiful, amazing bench that you've built yourself, right? That takes up half your one-car garage itself, and you've got a cabinet saw in there. There's your shop. That's pretty much everything that's going to fit in your shop. So, I, but I do have a cabinet. I mean, it's a hybrid, but it's the same yeah. size as a cabinet. It's, a, well, it's, it's more a of 50, a con, it's a contractor type saw. No, because it's fully enclosed. Contractor saw has the uh, motor hanging out the back. When I, when I think of a cabinet saw, I think of like in a cabinet shop. It's a big. 
Mine's 53 inches wide. Well, I'm, I'm just, okay, that's big. It's big. You're it's, right. It's okay. big. That's, that's a it full size. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah. Well, I was going to say, let's, let's push this to the extreme because the other topic that we were combining into this was yeah. the, the original idea we had for a few months ago was the, the 50 square foot workshop. Half Different bath. story. Right. Yeah. So now let's, so we, we've decided that we've bickered over every tool and decided we need all of them. And then Phil, yeah. has, Phil has concluded that you can fit all of them into a one-car garage. But now his wife says, Because he has nope. them and he does. His wife says, no, nope, yes. no, no. I'm parking my car in here every night and you need to be able to work around my car. So now we're down. He's just got the back 30, 40, 50 feet of this garage to work in. What is the, what is that? What is that tool shop? You stay away from any, any stationary tools, basically. Exactly. Yeah. You've got every- a jigsaw. You've got a circular saw. You've got cordless drills. You've got hand sanders, you've got hand planes, you've got, mm. you can make everything we've been talking about, you can make without having one stationary tool, without a bandsaw, yeah. without I would, a table saw. The, the first thing I would do is I would upgrade that circular saw to a track saw. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, saw. that's, that is an upgrade though, because you can just use a two by four clamp to a, your work to, to give yourself an edge yeah. for your circular saw. For but sure. yes, a track saw would definitely and I've done make that, it easier. But a track saw is genius for, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's just a no, like the only difference is that you really got to make sure that you're measuring edge, 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 like to make sure that you're getting square cuts. That's the, only, the, the difference between a table saw and a track saw is that a table saw, you get to ride up against that fence and you know that the opposite edge, the one that you're cutting, is going to be parallel to that edge. Yeah, see, I, I don't disagree. At at this point, at this point, if you we're down to the forty fifty square foot workshop, we're not we're not making furniture. We're not doing it for a living. It's our hobby. You know what I would look into? I mean, maybe yeah. I would look into Coming. maybe a small bench top CNC. <laughs> you know what? I don't disagree with that either. You're right. You make so much stuff with it. You can do. You can level. You can joint. You can plane. You can do all that stuff. You can do. How with small a bench top are we talking about here? Like a two square foot, or like a, like an X carve. You know, something like that, like a thirty inch X carve doesn't take up that much space around that, or you know, bigger you than yours, but you know, yeah. Or keep like your the, CNC. Or, I'm gonna or, I'll like keep, the shark. I'll keep my track saw. I think I can. Make I, a I, lot. You know what? I think that's a good answer, depending upon who it is, because you're right. I think mm. actually track saw is an amazing, an amazing well, suggestion CNC, because that's kind of newer technology, right? So yeah, where yeah. my first thought is just a circular saw, but you're right. Track saws are everywhere now. Everybody's mm. got them. They've become way more affordable. So that oh, yeah. would be the way to go. And so is so is a CNC. Well, you I mean, know, we know CNC, that we know that Jake is independently wealthy. So he Correct. can buy yeah. a CNC, he can buy a track saw, he can go out, he can buy a four by eight sheet of plywood, go out in the driveway with this track saw, and he can cut it all down to two by four pieces of plywood, or, or put two it by two pieces CNC, of plywood, put it on a CNC, and make, and make wooden everything. spoons for everybody in his family that yep. they won't like yeah. it because it's made out of plywood and they won't work very well. 100%. He can make sporkchulas. Ooh, sporkchulas. And wooden squirkles. Um... <laughs> So, Jake, we know this didn't answer your question at all, but you're welcome in advance. We answered everybody's questions. There are no more questions left in the world. The answer really is, is you are not limited by the size of that shop. So go out there, get all the tools you want, and make to your heart's content. Yeah. It's really really all just about creative storage and management of your space. And uh, and that's... That never it never ends. I mean, it, it, if you if you're moving to you know you're moving from your three thousand square foot to your five thousand square foot barn, you would still have space problems. 
Like yeah. just, I'm going to say this though. He said he was moving into. He's he's got a shop. He's moving it into a one car garage. Let's assume that it's smaller than what he had. Then I say, you don't get rid of anything. You just start clear out space in the bedroom. Put some stuff in the corner if you have to. Don't sacrifice your tools. That's what I'm That's saying. What a man would do. That's what a man. That's would what do. a real man would do, Jake. I don't know if you're married, buddy, but you got to stand your ground. The best Harley Davidsons are built on the dining table. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, there, there is something to be said for that. I just said that now. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I thought that was a saying. I was like, I never heard of that. <laughs> is now. <laughs> oh, okay. The um, but no, there's nothing wrong with that. Having like an indoor bench, you know, for like doing your little tinkering, like your electronics bench, and you know, have that in the house. Mm-hmm. And that'll save you a little space, you know. Okay, we yeah, just went from Harley's and manliness to little tinkering. We don't little tinker. No, we we wet, we melt metal and we fix broken Ugh. components. Do the growl thing. You know what, though? I got to say one thing. As much as I talk, the last time I tried to weld in the kitchen, Casey was not having it. I'm just saying. <laughs> that was this morning. Okay. Yeah, we did not answer that. You're right. Terrific. Um, iTunes review review. There are none. Weekly tip segment. Uh, anyone? Anyone? Bueller? You know, I, I kind of got one. Uh organization and it's it, this is just something again I was Casey was getting rid of something from the house that I was able to just grab their boxes everything you put stuff in is a box basically but if you can grab if you can save anything whether it's a piece of Tupperware or an old sewing box or even a shoe box if you need organization in your shop if you've got things that you're trying to you don't use it that often I want to put it somewhere you can take a shoe box you can throw your all your files in it and you can write files on the darn thing set it up on your shelf and it's easy to access and it's good so I just she was like honey I'm gonna get rid of this do you want it and I'm like no of course I do yes I do want that yeah yeah I, I similarly I had written down um to remember that your shop, because I was thinking about this topic, um, it's it's an evolving living thing. So don't get stuck in, like you have a system, like you grab that Tupperware and you put your files in it. Don't get stuck that you that that's where your files have to live forever. Because in five years, no. that solution might not be the best solution. So always be like rethinking and revolving and evolving with your shop space. Oh, yeah. How, how many times about, have I built a bench or created a different size and shape of a bench just since we've been doing the podcast? I mean, it's, yeah. just yeah. it's always time. something different. I've been thinking about building a proper woodworking bench in my shop, like a like a Rubo type thing, because I have my giant. Hey, talk to Phil. Bench. It only takes three or four years, and years, you can have yeah. one whippy, yeah. lickety split. Six months tops. Yeah, but because <laughs> I was thinking about like cutting out a section of my giant, you know, workbench that I have this like the all-purpose, and putting in one just small, like you know, like like twenty inch by forty-eight inch, like proper woodworking bench. Yeah, um, yeah, you know. We'll see. I'd go longer than 48 inches, by the way. I have 48 inches. I would go longer. Well, my, my thinking is is that it would be another guitar station because um, I already have. Okay. So, like, I have, like, my, my bench top. I have my fake woodworking bench on top of my regular woodworking bench, and it's, like, it's about 18 by, like, 48, and it's, like, the perfect size for putting a guitar on. Um, ah, okay. So I was thinking, like, well, Perfect. then I have this other space that I was like, well, if I had it, I was thinking if I had it on like caches, like the good caches, we have to like kick it to get them onto them, you know? Uh, and I can right. like, move it out and open up some space. But yeah, we'll see. It's it's pretty low on the priority list. I hear you. Yeah. I have a quick tip for you, and it's something that we've talked about in the past. Um, tell people what you do and what you like, and that you, if they're going to throw out furniture that's made out of wood, to call you first. So, like, mm. recently I've just had a bunch of friends who are like, hey, I'm going to throw this out. Do you want it? Yeah. 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 I'll take that. Yeah. yeah. I'll make that into something. 
you know, I got that big, huge cache of ash. I did not mean to rhyme that. But I have a whole bunch of ash now uh, that I didn't know what it was at the time, but that's what it is. And, like, a lot of it. Like, probably a couple hundred board feet. Um, and just recently, somebody gave me an old Ikea table that's made out of pine. But whatever. I'm going to use it. So, better to reuse it than to buy it. So, uh, you know, just spread the word. You know, don't be a embarrassed let people know what you do and you know that what you're doing is a good thing and and people will be happy to help you out hey were you i just saw did you post something on instagram you were putting a using a forstner bit to make an ash hole and to drill a hole in your the ash board or was that the kumaru no never mind move on what grabbed your attention this week, Bill Lutz? Was it a video about an ash hole? <laughs> you know what? I, 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 honestly, I haven't been watching a lot. The only thing that's caught my attention is this amazing Klingspore word, uh, woodworking extravaganza. Uh, that's, mm. that's what caught my attention. Being a part of that this coming up weekend, starting uh, from the 23rd to the 31st, woodworkingextravaganza.com. You can find everything you need to know. That's what caught my attention, Phil. What about you? Uh, Tim... What about you? That's the order we go in. I honestly don't have any, I had to make anything. I didn't see anything. I got nothing. <laughs> That's how I feel. What do you hear? What do you know? Nothing and nothing. Yeah. No, sorry, man. I really don't have anything to... That's, like, memorable right now. Nothing? Mm, sorry. You got nothing. How about you, Phil? <laughs> what about me? Um... Honestly, I'm going to keep it with the theme of what we got here. Nothing specific stands out. I always watch a few good videos here and there, but nothing that's like, you have to check this out, guys. So I will toe the line with this group and, uh, and nothing. Uh, our websites, williamlutes.com, timsway.net, and newperspectivesmusic.com. Contact us for show topics, suggestions, feedback, all that good stuff. We love hearing from you guys, seriously. Info at reclaimedaudiopodcast.com, or you can hit us up on Twitter at reclaimedaudio. iTunes reviews. Go to the website, reclaimedaudiopodcast.com. Click on that link and leave us a five-star review. We will read it out loud. Patreon.com slash reclaimedaudio. Again, you can get to that link from our website, reclaimedaudiopodcast.com. And uh, it's the best way to keep us on the air, honestly. To show your support, show your love. Uh, as little as $1 per episode gets you access to the pre-show, and that's a ton of fun. Uh, and for $10, you get your name read aloud with a list of heroes at the top of the show. So, pretty good pretty good reward, I would think. Uh, I, I, had, I had a recommendation. Keith Decent's video about his apothecary cabinet one of our heroes and what he did is it's just a normal build video but he went and he found some website where he could put the video up and it generated text ai generated yeah. text describing it and then he got another ai with an italian accent to read the text and it almost makes sense and it's just super fun to watch so i have i have a video i forgot about that yeah yeah i saw that i saw most of it yeah uh it was molto bene so, uh, that being said, have a great week, everyone. Bye, everybody. Be good. Got one, one recommendation in.